1: That's Shopify.com slash special offer.
0: Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring.
1: Laundry? Ooh, a book club.
0: Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino. that's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No process. Overplayed by law. 18+ terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hi y'all, it's Amir Yasai with the take on for the Broadway Podcast Network. I'm here with my good friend, Dr. Contessa, um, from Married to Medicine on Bravo. If you're living under a rock, you don't know who Dr. Contessa is. She's amazing. How are you?
1: I am wonderful. And thank you for that vibrant introduction. I really appreciate it. Of course. It. <laughs> of,
0: absolutely. I could go on for days. I mean, you were in the military. You're such an amazing doctor, amazing wife and mother. I mean, I could go, the list goes on and on.
1: Oh, my God. Well, you can't go on forever. I actually kind of love that. No, <laughs> we need to
0: build each other up. You know, it's, it's know. the quarantine and, you know, this country kind of turning, you know, on its racist access. We I think people that are non-white and white and people of color and LGBTQ, we all have to build each other up. This is the time.
1: And thank you for acknowledging that, because I get so sick of people like saying, oh, it doesn't exist anymore. What is wrong with you people? Just get over it. So I'm so glad oh, no. that you acknowledge that. Yeah, it's so frustrating. It is so frustrating. It is I don't so know frustrating
0: because it's like, I've never been to space, but I know it yeah. exists. So I know even if exists. you've never experienced racism, you you need to read a book. So that's how, all I have to say to that.
1: <laughs> how about, I, I have I, I have not ever actually seen coronavirus, but I know it exists. That's exactly well, right. So that's exactly right. So stop thinking that just because you don't notice it, maybe you just aren't paying attention so absolutely
0: absolutely i've been talking about white gay privilege a lot on my instagram and people would always be like i've never experienced that and and it usually was a white gay man i'm like because you're the (laughs) one doing it
1: (laughs) you're You're benefiting from it right right yeah and that's you know what's so interesting how like there are always exceptions to a rule and that's just really what we always have to just acknowledge like i I used to actually hate it. And of course, as a doctor, I've been in school like my whole entire life. But I would always hate it when someone walked out of a test and said, oh, that was so easy. Because you are essentially discounting everyone else's experience, you know. And so then Absolutely. the other person who was like, oh, my God, that was terribly hard feels now insecure. And like, oh, you know, so I used to always call it that like the, you know, the psych out. And I've learned to ignore the psych out. So and I'm, I'm going to stop and I've learned to stop ignoring my own feelings and my own perception of things based on just what someone else told me you know and that's the point if it was hard to me i'm i'm okay if i'm the only one in the room that said that shit was hard so there yeah you so that's the same thing i mean that's the point like you just if it even if it's not your experience how about you just acknowledge that someone else did have it
0: absolutely and you know um us being part of the broadway podcast network we always Theater has something called a beat. A lot of actors will take a moment before they say a line. And I think people need to take a moment when they read something or interact with someone that is a person of color. Take a beat. If you're a white person listening, yes. just take a moment. Take a beat. Try to put yourself in someone else's shoes. If you've gotten every job, every relationship, every apartment you've ever wanted, you have some privilege. Just just realize that. And that's all we're asking for. We're not asking for a lot. <laughs>
1: Absolutely. And I mean, and that goes so many, so many other different directions. I mean, even as a woman, like when you're in a male dominated world or you're in an Mm -hmm. environment where like, you you know, people like say things, like for instance, um, as a a woman, right. And as a doctor, I breastfed all my kids for Mm -hmm. at least almost two years for each one. And it. it was just like so weird when people would just be like, okay, and as doctors, we advocate breastfeeding. But when I have to take a break from like my schedule or seeing patients are like outside of the day and I have to like stop and go and, and pump for my kids or do something mm-hmm. like it was like, oh, you're so like I wanted to say, you know, this is kind of necessary. This is how my kids eat. But for men, right. they don't understand that because they've never had that experience. And so it's, it's just so many different directions that you can go in. But that's essentially the point. Just learn empathy. That's what it's called. Mm-hmm. Just empathy. That's a human nature. That you know, that's a, that's a feeling that everyone should experience. And so, even if it's not you, then maybe assume that people aren't always just making stuff up.
0: Absolutely. Um, I actually have a friend who has twins, and she works in corporate America. And a lot of people were like, "Wow, you're so you're you're juggling. You're a mom." And every time she like she had to go breastfeed in her office or pick up the kids if they were sick, etc., there would be rolled eyes. People would make oh, yeah. comments. Usually, the men would make comments like, "I thought you were committed to your job." And it's like, what? <laughs>
1: Uh, yeah, that I am. I'm, I'm committed to also humankind. And if women don't procreate, then there will be no more of us. So exactly.
0: which one do
1: you want? You know, well, anyway.
0: exactly. <laughs> and she's, she's a very strong black woman. And she just turned around with all her sass and was like, if your mom didn't breastfeed, you wouldn't be here, sir. So I'm going to go right. now. Thank you. Which right. is the truth, which is absolutely the truth. And I, I think, like you said, it's empathy taking a moment taking a pause and, you know, um, you know, for people who don't know, which again, they're living under a rock, you're on married to medicine on Bravo, which is one of my favorite shows. And it's one of, you know, I think there's three shows with strong black leads. You know, you have married to medicine, real Housewives of Atlanta. And I really, and then, uh, obviously married to medicine LA. Um, but I love that you guys are part of this like strong, independent woman of color. And I just love to see it. What was your like when you first got this opportunity and I know that Mariah Huck kind of created the show and you know put everyone together how did like what was the process and were you kind of hesitant to kind of put your life out there
1: Oh yeah I mean you know the the biggest kind of question for me was what well, what are going what are my peers going to think of me you know medicine is pretty conservative and there was even recently some stupid stupid study that was released where these vascular surgeons essentially went on Um, female vascular surgeons Instagrams and was like, you know, basically trolling them and saying, you shouldn't be wearing bikinis. You shouldn't do this. You shouldn't do that. I mean, and there is no reciprocity who's going on men's Instagrams and telling them not to wear, like be shirtless on the beach. Like what are you talking about? And just kind of imposing all these like rules about what you, you know, what you should do as this is what a doctor does. And this is what a doctor doesn't do. I mean, I'm still human. And when I thought about this opportunity, I thought about, well, Couple of things. One, I was in the military. And so even when I show like my veteran card, people are always like, oh, so you're the spouse, your husband was in the military. Actually, no, oh it was God. me, you know? And yeah. I went to flight school and I learned how to fly. So, you know, that's different. And I grew up as the kids of blue, pa- you know, collar parents. So that's different. I didn't have a, you know, silver spoon in my mouth. And my dad was on drugs. And so, and he actually went to prison. So, all like the stereotypes and the statistics, I just really wanted to kind of show little girls who maybe had a similar experience as me that there is light on the other end of the tunnel. Like you don't have to come from like a pristine, so to speak, you know, background. I mean, the ratio Alger thing is real. Like you can actually persevere and make it. Um, and I, I'm a living example of that with the support of so many people around me. My, You know, I have um, there are so many people who fed into my life and believed in me. And that was instrumental into making um, me become who I am. And I thought, as, you know, as someone who was asked to be on a television show, I would be remiss if I wasn't transparent about sharing that, you know. Um, so, yeah. So that's why I did it
0: no that's that's amazing and it makes a lot of sense and i think that you know the show really does a great job of showing the doctors and also the wives of doctors and kind of the differences and all of the different connections and how we build each other up and how sometimes we tear each other down because at the end of the day it is a reality show and it is entertainment but it also really does talk, bring up a lot of these issues. And um, one of the things that for me during this um, BLM movement that I didn't know about and was very kind of awe-inspiring, um, a doctor posted a TikTok talking about how a lot of her colleagues believe that Black skin is thicker, that you know Black mothers can withstand more pain. Uh, and, and I know that there's a high mortality rate for women of color giving birth. Can you talk to us a little bit about this archaic way of thinking that black skin is thicker and can withstand more pain i mean i was shocked
1: Yeah. And another part of that study and, you know, that information that she's referring to is they call it discordance. When you don't look like your patients and your doctors don't look like you, then there is a difference in how comfortable you feel sharing things and all those biases that people inherently have because they grew up with them. They grew up in a community where they weren't exposed to people of color and all that they got were the images that they saw on, you know, maybe the news or cops or something like that. And they are the stereotypes that they've been taught. Um, even from essentially Hollywood used to really perpetuate that. So people started to believe these, you know, these idiotic beliefs about what minorities are and what we do and how we talk and what we should sound like and where we should grow up and what foods we should like and all these stereotypes. And so even though you go to medical school, that bias that is within you is still there. And so when you are practicing medicine, you have to be really, really careful with that And so for women in particular of color, when they do have a health concern, a lot of times it's been found that they have been muted, that people, you know, the doctors don't or practitioners don't listen to them and they don't take their concern seriously and they don't give them, you know, they have all these biases like, oh, you know, if if a woman is in pain and she's a person of color or she's drug seeking or she's trying to take the medicine so she can divert it or sell it for money and all kind of crazy stuff. That if it was you know like let's just be candid a old white lady they would never say or even especially in childbirth I mean you know our wow. mortality rate is still all the way up to one year after we've had a baby three times that is white women and that wow. makes in the United States in the United States so that makes mm-hmm. absolutely no sense and even Serena Williams um, you know talked about how when she had her baby that she was you know complaining of of, Shortness of breath and some chest pain, and that is a classic sign for a pulmonary embolism, especially in a woman who's postpartum. And I mean, any doctor Mm -hmm. who is, or any clinician who's worth their salt, because even nurse practitioners who take care of patients, PAs, anyone who hears that in a person who's postpartum automatically thinks, "Oh, this could be a pulmonary embolism or, you know, uh, amniotic fluid embolism." And she was not taken seriously, and she had an embolism. So that's wow, and she almost died, right? Absolutely. And she's how rich and famous is she? And her husband, if I'm not even mistaken, is a billionaire. So that kind of stuff. So she knows yes. she had pristine health care. That's the point. So it, it does not matter, you know, about the access to care if your doctors are not listening to you and taking your concerns seriously.
0: Wow. that I mean, it, it was just it was so it was one of those moments where I almost felt a little embarrassed that I didn't know. I'd heard like about the Tuskegee experiments and I've, I've heard about those, but I just, I didn't know that doctors were still perpetuating this very archaic way of practicing medicine.
1: Well, let me blow your mind. So even that, so we call it the Tuskegee experiment because it happened in Tuskegee, Alabama on men in Tuskegee. Um, Mm -hmm. however, the experiment was sponsored and run by the U S government. And so, yes. So there, so that's the point. So that, so that is what it's called. And even, you know, so Tuskegee University is a historically black college and people and it's a city, of course, in Alabama. And so people are sometimes affiliated with the University Tuskegee or but it's really it was a sponsored it was sponsored by the United States government, which makes it even more hurtful and sad. And if our government can mm-hmm. purposely allow people to suffer from syphilis just to see how bad it can become. And what happens is over time they call it tertiary syphilis, it eats up your brain and they wanted to see how bad it could possibly get. And they knew that in the treatment is penicillin. I mean, it's super easy, but they allow this to happen. But how can you not as a person of color and knowing that this was, you your, you know, the men that, that you, you know, your fathers and your brothers and your sons um, were considered expendable. And that's kind of how we feel still in America today, that sometimes we feel like our lives are essentially worthless and our, You know, our concerns and us in general, we're expendable. And that has to just think about the pain. Again, empathy. Just think about how that has to feel as a person Mm -hmm. of color who experiences Mm -hmm. that every day.
0: Absolutely. And again, taking a moment to look at, you know, people are getting arrested at the Black Lives Matter, getting tear gassed, and then you see the the cops giving water to the white protesters. Like, I mean, you have to, it's so egregious. And even, you know, Kiki Palmer and Nick Cannon have lost their platforms because they were, you know, outspoken. And again, I'm not saying what Nick Cannon said was correct, but I'm just saying you can't take someone's proprietary property and take it from them we're just living in in such an interesting time it's just bizarre
1: absolutely and that's and you know and that's really the point like there has to be a forum where conversations can be at least a safe zone for occasionally conversations just to be candid and people to say things and for you know for instance black people's skin is thicker for you to say that to me and ask me that idiotic question so then I can tell you that's an idiotic thing. And where did you hear that? And then you'll say, well, actually, my mom told me. or my grandmother or whatever. And so mm-hmm. it, it came from somewhere. And so sometimes right. anybody, white people, black people, people will say things that are ignorant, that are uninformed, that are racist, mm-hmm. sexist, mm-hmm. Um, you know, offensive. And they don't even, they're not even aware of it. You know, like think about how many teams, how many sports teams are named after like Native Americans. And people like, oh, right. I, I mean, I'm just saying like, for instance, Indian giving, like what does the that mean? Yeah. are just, are it's just a word like, you know, she's an Indian giver. I used to hear people say that all the time and just yes. think about that. Yes. What does that mean? And so that those mm-hmm. kind of things that you people just kind of make kind of the, you know, just the, um, the, the what people say, I mean, it, it right. just, you know, it just is, it, it's, it's not just rhetoric. Those things can sometimes hurt, but it, we should have the conversation so we can dispel some of these myths and get rid of some of these like beliefs so we can move oh, forward.
0: Absolutely. I mean, Kataz, you're absolutely right. And I think there, there's so many moments, like even Columbia Records being one of the number one minstrel song producers. And like, now they have so many people of color on their roster. I mean, it's kind of crazy. Like, and it's not long, it's not a hundred years ago. It's like 40 years ago, Absolutely. 50 years ago. Sometimes even I, I watch movies from like eight years ago and it's so racially insensitive, homophobic. I'm like, wow, we've like, it's like, I hope that we just don't keep letting people get away with things i hope we hold people accountable we just that's have to right. stop
1: <laughs> that's right and, and it's and when it and those and those changes happen you know they really don't happen tremendously in the media they're not going to happen you know like i you know gills got here and said the revolution will not be televised and what that to me means it's not about what you do in public it's not about what you do when people are watching it's about when you're in that room by yourself with people who look just like you who sound just like you who are from where you're from and they say something that is insensitive or racist or whatever. And you don't have to, but you say, you know what? Maybe we shouldn't do that. You know, you don't, when that joke happens and no one is listening that would stand up for the people we're talking about, you say you shouldn't do that. And that's when that change happens because you essentially are, are actually meaning it at that point. And you're trying to educate people or even share that this is something that's not acceptable even when we're by ourselves together. You know?
0: Absolutely. Absolutely, and I, I've been doing that even with my parents. They're immigrants, and they're like, you know, we support the Black Lives Matter movement, but we also had a tough time. And I, I said, it's not. This is not the time to trauma compare. Yeah, we have to just trauma like compare.
1: Ha- That's good. I don't like the trauma. You're a word wizard. You're a word wizard. I see why you do this. I mean, I love the way you talk. I love it.
0: Oh, thank you, Katessa. You're the best. You're so supportive. Um, Yeah, I mean, it it is. It's true because I think a lot of us now, and I've heard this from a lot of gay men during Pride saying, you know, Black Lives Matter is ruining Pride. We've also had a tough time, you know, and it's like those people don't understand. Pride came from a trans black woman who spoke out at Stonewall. So remember your Mm -hmm. history, right? And it's people, they just don't want to, they'd rather... You know, Again, nothing against the Kardashians, but they'd rather watch Kylie Jenner's story than do some research. I'm not saying you have to read 100 books. I'm just right. saying open your eyes, right? I, there's an amazing uh, quote, a Persian quote, where it says some people are sleeping, some people are pretending to sleep, and the ones that pretend to sleep are a lot more dangerous. And it's very true because right now a lot of people are pretending to sleep and they're pretending not to see what's going on around them. And that to me is very scary.
1: That is. That really is. You're absolutely right about that.
0: Absolutely. And I think that as people like us talk and take up space and, you know, the way that you've used your platform and also even talking about the military, I don't know if you heard um, the Department of Justice obviously banned um, Confederate flags, but they've gone further now and are banning Black Lives Matter and Pride flags, even during Pride Month. I'm just curious, do you really think this is a big misstep and they really need to quickly fix this? Like, what, what do you think they're thinking? Like, what was why this step?
1: Well, see, it's kind of almost, it's almost like that all lives matter thing. Like, you know, Mm. okay, we'll do this, but we'll also, if we're going to take this from our people, we're going to take something from your people too, you know? Mm. And that's kind of, absolutely. And I mean, let's just be honest. I mean, what other race of people were enslaved in America? Only us, Mm -hmm. you know? And so stop. So let's not act like this isn't a part of the American experience And that Jim Crow and all those kind of things didn't actually happen. And so it's so interesting right. when you say trauma, like when you talk about that, that trauma compare, like it's been hard for me to. Yes. Mm. But on this. And I'm not minimizing your pain. But if I am the one who was laying bleeding in the middle of the street and you had a little wind damage from that car going so fast past you. I mean, let's just talk about who's really the one suffering at this moment. And that's kind of exactly. the point. Like, let's not exactly. act like, you know, it's, it's always, it's, it's not this, you know, there's a similar experience because it's not. And I mean, just the whole idea so, I, I saw recently and I, I just was mortified that there was a, like someone attempted to lynch a person. I, I, yes. What are we talking like? And and white people had to interfere to stop. I mean, but like you, were they, what are we talking about? Like,
0: I don't know what's happening. I mean, it's like Emmett Till. We were like shocked by that. And it was a 15 year old boy who flirted with a white woman and was lynched outside of a grocery store. And again, it's 2020 and people are still trying to do that. I mean, there was a story of of a black woman, you know, apparently they said it's suicide, but her white roommate was very racist was very like crazy and appa- like was lynched in her room i mean these crazy? are the stories we're seeing and yeah. and i guess people turn and they say oh wow this is just propaganda for what for what like
1: yeah for, for what?
0: what for what Wh- what are we going to gain are we only going to defend rich famous black people like beyonce's of the world like i love when people say i'm not racist i love beyonce yeah oh you love a billionaire yeah entertainer okay good for you like that's bizarre like that doesn't Mm -hmm. correlate and you know i don't know if you know but a lot of like there's a gay app called grinder and a lot of people will write very openly no blacks no femmes no asians um no fats like they're very open and hopefully the gay community after this movement is starting to make a shift but there is a lot of racism in my community as well and people again do that trauma comparison like oh i you know and i told my parents i was like y'all chose to come here I mean, However bad it was, once you came, and yes, we're Muslim. I'm not taking away from their experience. 9/11 was torture for us. We were called terrorists. I'm not taking, but they chose to come here, where people were enslaved and brought here against their will, is a very different experience. That's you right. have to understand that difference. And
1: forced you know? to work, and then forced to work, and then this whole yes. like the argument yes. or discussion of like you know maybe we should leave a country that we actually helped build like what are we talking about right now we've earned it we've earned our ability to stay and we came on the same yes, boat we came you know we basically we were on the same boat it was kind of like being on the same airplane like one person was in first class another person was in coach but we were on the same dang on mm-hmm. boat when we got here so let's stop acting like someone was here first and because actually that was the native americans but but i mean that's the point like now we're <laughs> at a point where it's been so long and we've had so much pain and so much like confusion and and so much, you know, destruction. Why don't we just like move forward and stop? Like, let's just, again, empathetically understand this happened. This is what it is. This is what's happening. And how do we move forward to progress? But this content, like wasting time denying it exists, wasting time, you know, not acknowledging the ramifications. It's just, it's useless. It's just, it's still, it's just, it's a waste of time. And we can be so much farther. We can be so much further if we just only would just acknowledge and come up with a solution and then move forward, you know? So and that's what people are. But some people don't want to move forward. That's the point. (laughs) But you know what? I think there's really, you know, people talk about, like, what's happened with Trump. I think the issue is that now people have become so emboldened. And they used to would conceal these feelings. But then because of the flip side of the Internet and chat rooms and YouTube and TikTok and, you know, is now that people understand that they have support. You have support in your sexism and your, your racism. You have support mm-hmm. in your superiority. Mm-hmm. You, there are people who think and feel just like you, and you can find that that other fool. You know, it used to be like the two fools couldn't Absolutely. find each other. Now not only can they find <laughs> each other, they can form a band, they can form a union, yep. they can form a whole organization yep. and continue in their yep. bad be- behavior with some money and numbers. And... And actually a platform. Absolutely. And it's so scary. Absolutely. And instead of it
0: is very scary. Yeah.
1: And instead of people like taking that time to like, you know, say, oh my God, how is this, how are we winning? Like, how, how does this help propel us forward? Because I think that's really the other thing about Black Lives Matter. We don't want anything like we don't, there's not a, a kind of. A, financial or monetary gain that we're seeking. We're just seeking like fairness and equality. Like let me be in the room and stop trying to push me out. (laughs) You know? Stop absolutely Yeah. Like you know, if there is a window and I'm on the 25th floor, like you would love to push me out that window and just let me perish. Like Mm -hmm. what is this desire Mm -hmm. to destroy me? You know, like let us can't we just coexist? And that's literally all people are asking for the ability to fairly coexist. And I don't know how that's, why is that not allowed? Like, why is that too much? It's too much for people
0: because they, they, there's this, Confusion. I remember I read an article about even before Nick Cannon got, you know, wild and out taken from him, about how he might have too much of a large platform. He has too much influence. You would never write that article about a white man ever. Adam a you know, Jeff Bezos. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Look at Jeff Bezos. I mean, he made what $20 billion in one day. I mean, we don't have a problem with that. Nope. But like when it's a black man, it's like, oh, well, let's this is too much. We're giving him too much. And it's like no one gave him anything. Yeah. You, you made it. You, you had to make all of that. We have to work 25, not three times. I've heard that before. 25 times is hard to get a quarter of what everyone else gets that just walks into a room. You know, and I a, a, the white straight man complex. And a lot of them, I saw a great TikTok where this girl was talking about, oh, how does it feel being uncomfy for the first time ever? Because a lot of white men are like, oh, we're getting canceled and we don't have as many opportunities. Well, welcome to the rest of the world.
1: Absolutely. Like, Absolutely. And you know what? And how about this? Even if there was some luck involved, like, isn't it about damn time? I mean, everyone still plays a lottery and no one is like knocking down their door <laughs> and like being like, that's unfair. You just won $25 million. You need to share with everybody. Like, how is that? Like, so what is this like? Oh, like I, I have no idea of any famous lottery winner, but though literally you hear about someone who won $500 million but when, right. you know, and that's the point, like, why does it only matter about like, you have too much when it's someone who looks like, you know, I don't know, just ridiculous. I don't know. Mm-hmm. So it just is just crazy. Like there is an element, in, I think, in, in everything. I mean, I, I see there's this place called the Rutgers in, in New York where people go and play basketball. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's kind of an ongoing joke that a lot of them are better basketball players and even people in the NBA but why why is it they're not in the nba because maybe they don't have the you know they didn't get the diploma they didn't get the opportunities they didn't have the coaching they didn't. and that's the point so it's more than always just about the inherent talent too there are other things that fall in line that can predict your success and you know it's like right. when you know what they say when preparation meets opportunity right that's the point i mean everyone doesn't there actually actually have and that's again what we're talking about as well let's talk about the educational system and, and when it's predominantly black neighborhoods usually mm-hmm. what's fed into the amount of money that goes into those schools and the overcrowding and all those like programs and the, you know the different experiences that the children have and what they are taught and it's not about the passion of the teachers it's about the resources that they have in the same exact areas you know the same school districts that for instance i live in, in you know in georgia fulton county it it matters what zip code you live in zip codes still determine success mm-hmm. and why is that yes it does and if that's the mm-hmm. case then how can you help equal for this kid who does not have that opportunity. That's really what we're talking Give the kids the same opportunity. And then they maybe will have a little bit of luck themselves, right? And that's the point.
0: So Absolutely. Absolutely. You're absolutely right. I mean, there was a a video that went viral where this coach asked, like, there's all different types and ethnicities of kids and he asked them all the different challenges. And you look and you see all the people of color are still at line one because they have all of those challenges against them. And you see all of the white students going ahead. You know, it, it is, there are, listen, you could hand someone Cardi B's music library in her career and they won't become cardi B. that's correct there is talent but there's also luck yes she was there at the right time people wanted her they they were there for her but at the same time you have to understand these people work themselves to the bone so i think it's a really really great point that you're making i want to ask you um contessa about some of these like with the black lives matter movement first they they were like okay we're no longer gonna have cartoons you know, voiced by white actors that are, that are black characters. Okay. Love that. Then they were like, okay, we're getting rid, rid of Aunt Jemima. Do you think some of this is just a distraction? Cause what is that really even doing? I know. This, these, these things have been happening for hundreds of years.
1: Yeah. Yeah. That's the thing. It's like, it's, it's, it's kind of about instead of just getting rid of those images and those like take cutting the scenes out of these TV shows or movies that were offensive. Mm-hmm. How about you maybe put some people in programming you know, people of color and programming so you can actually prevent in the future, you know, those kind of shows or those kind of things from happening. Like, how do they get past all Mm -hmm. those checks and balances? Because there's no one in the room. Because again, we're talking about that room that's a closed room where people can say and do whatever the heck they want to, you know? Because it's so, and anyone like you probably who's worked in entertainment, you can say that, you know, someone famous, successful, who's a minority or, uh, you know, someone who's um, not not a heterosexual, it could be anything else, mm-hmm. and they walk out of the room, mm-hmm. and people start wailing and saying the most offensive stuff in the world, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. and you're like, how is this? How, how is this passing the muster? Like, how are these people allowed to do that? And they're so polite. They are, and, they and are. that's the point. They still have, you know, the people who are the bad actors live at the top, right? Even that mm-hmm. doling mm-hmm. this out, this is what we're going to do now. Like, how was it that who, who's who's the, I want to, you know, let's get to the point where we can make those decisions. Like, I want to be the one who pulls stuff Absolutely. off the shelf because I don't know too many people who can pull stuff off the shelf. I don't know too many people who can mandate for a network. This is what we're mm-hmm. not going to do. And this is what we are going to do. Right. And that's the point. Absolutely. Let us get there. Let Absolutely. Yeah. Let, yeah that's yeah. that's the fairness. Right. Don't hand. I don't want to hand out. I want power. That's exactly <laughs> the point.
0: Yes absolutely and i i think a lot of times there i've heard like people on the right say oh they just want handouts they want reparations it's not about handouts it's about having a seat at the table i used to work for a manager that Wrapped Michael B. Jordan. And when people would, when he would leave the room, they would call him Blackie. They would say, we need the black actor. And I would always tell them on the phone, do you mean Michael B. Jordan, who was in Creed? Like, you yeah. are not talking about someone off the street. And it, the way that, he, and this is only five years ago. So I, and I was in these rooms and because I am white passing, they would say a lot of things. And you know, if I don't open my mouth, a lot of times people don't know I'm gay. So they would say faggot and they would throw words around like that. And I would just sit there listening and taking it all in. And, unfortunately like it's so normalized in Hollywood and that's what needs to change. There needs to be someone in the room. That's like, wait a second. Don't put that black boy in a hoodie that says monkey in the jungle. H H&M. and like, you know, exactly. like, exactly. <laughs> like,
1: why did it have to be a public out? Like, wh- why did no one know? Why did no one know that was offensive? Mm-hmm. You know? And that's the point. Mm-hmm. Let's have some representation. I think, Didn't I think fiance demanded that when, before she worked with Reba, didn't she? I, if I'm not mistaken, I heard that. Yes. So that kind of yes, stuff. I mean, yeah. And that's, that's the yes. point. Like it needs to be someone who looks like me, sounds like me, acts like me, who maybe can think like me and, and can represent my culture. If you want to talk to my culture, you know, if you just someone who can Absolutely. try to understand um, and not for mo- monetary, Absolutely. you know, not for monetary sakes, but actually for cultural sensitivity sake, you know, let's just try. Mm-hmm.
0: Absolutely. And, you know, we have to give people more opportunities. I mean, how many movies has Jennifer Aniston been in that have flopped and she gets more opportunities? But if Jennifer Hudson makes one bad box office, they're like, no more movies with her. Yeah. It's like, we need to stop doing that canceling of people of color. You need to give people ample chances to find their audience. I think that's also very important.
1: Oh yeah, for sure. And I mean, and that's the point, the motivation isn't there because the power where it still, it all goes right back mm-hmm. to the power, you know, cause it's, and, exactly. and I think also the flip side of that is that leads to insecurity with people of color as well. When they do make it to a position mm-hmm. of pseudo power, like, you know, they're a low level mm-hmm. player. They're so insecure that they can so easily be replaced, you know, so they don't want to say anything when something offensive happens, because if they do, they'll get blackballed, they'll get kicked out. And so they're so job insecure, like, and that's the other part of it. Like, it's really so, it's so frustrating. It's so frustrating that sometimes we are tokens and sometimes we do get opportunities just to, you know, basically be that person of color in the picture. So when they send, you know, when they post the ad or when they send out that, like, informational about this organization, it looks like you're culturally sensitive but they really don't have exactly. any power. They don't have any decision-making, you know, they, and they can't say what they're thinking or feeling because then you're like, oh, you're just too sensitive. So let's fire fire him and find someone who's going to not speak up. And that's exactly what they've kind of been doing. So,
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. I When I came to LA when I was 18 and wanted to be an actor, there was a lot of times where they'd be like, oh, we need a gay character, so let's put you in the gay best friend role and be a caricature. Or this happens to people of color. I was watching a British show and I was like, a couple seasons in and I hadn't seen one person of color. And then all of a sudden the backgrounds all of a sudden became black people, Asian, Latino. And I was like, "Oh, someone realized, but they're not going to make them a main character. They're just going to put them in the background." Yeah. Like, so no one can complain. And that to me is sometimes worse. I'm like,
1: "The hell?" Yeah, like I remember on friends. I remember on friends it was this like persistent complaint about there not being any people of color mm-hmm. and then they added in Aisha mm-hmm. Tyler of like it's Ross's girlfriend in like the last season yeah. and I was just thinking because I loved her I mean oh, that's yeah. why I remember her name Me too. I, loved, I love her too and I was just like yeah and I mean I think and she's such a te- I, I think too she was just like all about just trying to just she wanted she wanted to integrate like she thought it was a good idea like the effort was good but yes. it didn't like no yes. I didn't believe they really. you know like I would never have seen them together it just kind of made no sense no. and but it was just it just yeah. seemed almost like literally like an afterthought and that's the point. We don't mean it that yeah. way either. Like, let yeah. it be authentically real. Like, you know,
0: Absolutely. I don't know. And have a real conversation oh, no about man. being a biracial couple that's in New York, you know? Exactly <laughs> like, right. They never once never. had that conversation. It was just like, all right, yeah. she's part of the group now. And we're not going to, we're going to pretend she's not black. It, like, but- Exactly.
1: It was so, oh. it, I mean, it was just so weird. It was just so weird. And that, uh-huh. and that's the other thing. Like, we're not asking for something awkward. We're just asking for authentic.
0: Right, right, absolutely. It's like people when we want producers that want to put us in stuff, not like, oh God, we have to add a black person, we have to add a gay person. Well, let's just do it, whatever, whoever comes in. And I, I, I remember I saw this interview with Ashley Graham, who's like a plus size model, and she was like, I don't want to get a job because they want a fat girl. I want to get a job because I'm the best fucking model walker in the world. Like, don't give me a job because I'm gonna fit your quota and i loved that because yeah. i was like that's so true
1: absolutely and you know what real talk absolutely. real talk i mean you know our culture is the bomb i mean we've made some hits like i just honestly think about martin martin comes on every single day 24 hours a day somewhere like martin is always <laughs> on and why is martin always so on true. because it was good as fudge okay it mm-hmm. was been freaking fantastic. Mm-hmm. the writing was fantastic the acting was fantastic yep. it was so fantastic that here we are, decades later, still the best. If I had to turn on sitcom today, it would be the best. I can turn on any, well, I, I would argue there was a season after, you know, some happened, but it kind of changed a little bit. The dynamic changed. But you know what I'm saying. For the most part. Yes, yes, yes. It's a great show, though. Freaking fantastic. <laughs> but that's the point. I mean, we, yep. you know, and, and so don't act like the talent isn't there. And that's the other right. part of it. I mean, and even for instance, I, I mean, I just think about like some of my best, like the best. TV shows, movies, things that I loved—they weren't all just all white people with all white cast. They weren't all black people with all black cast. Like there are some hits, mm-hmm. in no matter—I mean, like *Slumdog Millionaire*. When I say I love *Slumdog Millionaire*, it was so good, and it was so good okay. because it was well written, it was well acted, it was perfectly mm-hmm. cast, it was perfect for the time, mm-hmm. and it was—it resonated with mm-hmm. everybody. And it—I and mean, just the whole kind right. of like that's the—that's the point. Just choose good stuff. Just be authentic. Just let, so if you're, if you aren't mm-hmm. the best producer, color be barred. Skin, you know, skin, it does not matter. Just choose the best. And let's mm-hmm. just keep it moving. Absolutely. I mean, even friends. Like, I, love I mean, it. friends, again, I-, I thought Friends was a really good show. I didn't really care Same. that it was no black people in there because I probably wouldn't have hung out with them anyway. They were funny. I like to laugh <laughs> at them but they wouldn't have been my crew right. like i mean and, and even no, if they wouldn't have been in my either. crew you know they would, and, but that exactly. doesn't mean i can't like you know he he same thing I, why would you throw a white person on martin it just doesn't make sense like other than the, the, right. ex- the time right. that they did the, the engineer the audio engineer was fantastic but that was authentically a white person who would have been in his life and that's how it would have happened. but don't <laughs> but it has to make exactly. sense like right It just i don't know so totally and that's all we're saying no you're
0: right you're absolutely right Mm -hmm. yeah you're absolutely right
1: with lucky land slots you can get lucky just about anywhere
0: dearly beloved we are gathered here today to has anyone seen the bride and groom sorry sorry we're here we were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time no lucky land casino with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry in that case i pronounce you lucky I mean, they're, it, do it authentically, right? And I think, you know, Bravo's done a great job. Like, you know, they did Family Karma, which was all Indian. They did Shahs of Sunset, all Persian. They're, you know, they're really, they're kind of doing this. But I hope that one day that the allure of this like all black cast, all Asian cast goes away. Because when you watch Crazy Rich Asians, it could be any culture and it's That's fun. Correct. It doesn't matter. It's not like, oh, they're Asian. That's why it was good. It's like, no, no, no. It was well-written. It was fun. It was like, dreamland. And it was hey, fun. Like what you can't take that away from it. And I, I love that point. That's a very excellent
1: point. Yeah, absolutely. And even like, for instance, one of my best friends is half white, right? She's, I mean, literally arguing, mm-hmm. she's my best and she's half white. And it just doesn't even, it had nothing to do with uh, like us choosing to be close had nothing to do with that. Like it just, we just, are, you just are in, and, and for lack of a better term, you just vibe with who you vibe with, you know? And that's the point. Absolutely. I mean, it just it, it just has to be authentic. And there are ways to do that. Absolutely. You know, there are there are cultures. I mean, there are people right now who are interracial marriages have been happening since the beginning of time. You know, think about it. Yeah, like, yep, think about, yep, for yep. instance, Jefferson's. I mean, that was not weird. Like the way they loved each other. If You ever watched the Jefferson's. But there was like, you know, yes, but you get that. what I'm saying. Like, it, and it wasn't like thrown together like they chose chemistry. They went with chemistry. And that's all we're asking for. Make it make sense. So
0: absolutely. Yeah. Totally. Make it make sense. I love that. And you know, speaking of um, you know, interracial relationships, obviously Mariah Huck, like creator of the show, married to medicine, and her husband, you know, being Bangladeshi and Muslim and me being Muslim. I, I love like seeing their family stuff. You know, they celebrate Ramadan and, and on the show, she's very, you know she kind of is painted somewhat as like, for lack of a better word, a villain. Um, and she did an interview recently where she talked about Bravo, like firing her and she's no longer part of the the group. And, you know, she was a creator. She's like one of the only black creators on Bravo. Um, how, what is like, how do you feel about all of that? I mean, I don't know if you can speak on it, but I, I just, I, I felt really sorry. Like her interview, I just kind of felt sorry for because I felt like she created Married to Medicine and now well, she's kind of, I'll be No, no, I,
1: I actually I would love to because, you know, I'm confused. I actually don't understand it. I don't understand how it is that if she is a producer and a creator and all those kind of things, how that could happen. You know, I'm just like logistically. But then I remember when, you know, when I came on the show, I was also a little confused about, like, for instance, in a corporate setting, if my boss ever put her hands on me, <laughs> right, or his hands on me then it will be like, I'm going to be on to the hospital that I work for. And so then there's also that kind of like, you know, part of it too, you know, like I watch some of the other people on these other shows and who maybe have like an EP credit in the act, you know, the way the behavior is a little bit different. So I don't know exactly the ins and outs. All I know is about my contract. You know, I have no idea about her contract, but I did. um, I did very quickly like, you know, kind of get a little bit like a, I don't, like, I don't know what's going on here about that part of it. I just don't know. I don't know what the ramifications right. are. I don't know what the trade-off was or what kind of the, I don't know. I have no idea about what the negoti. I was not in the room when it happened, when they came, right. when that show, right. when this show Absolutely. came about, I came on several seasons later, but I do, I do, right. I would say that um, that would be my only, like, if you look, and if you do watch the show, and you watch some of those kind of experiences, and if and if this is kind of a boss and subordinate situation, then what are the rights of the subordinate if this is the case? If you know what I mean, so think right
0: if that person's going to put their hands or uh, do on other that, stuff, yeah. you
1: know. So you just kind of so then you start warning mm-hmm. about that kind of stuff, like you know. Um, I so I don't know, I don't know what the deal is, but I do know this. I think she's good to eat. Me. I think she's entertaining. She is. I think she's very entertaining. She you know, I do. I do. And I don't, I, I just, I, I honestly don't really know her very well. I don't know her very well at all. I mean, the the our interactions right. have been what you've seen on television, you know, despite what anyone right. else believes. I mean, and that's, that was her choice. You know, I I think I, I've always been, a, I mean, high school, go all the way back to high school. I was homecoming. I, I was in the Miss Majority pageant and I was Miss Congeniality. I do my, and I, Yes, I, no, I mean, it. I was my college queen. Like I love women. When I say that I uplift them mm-hmm. and I'm always open and welcoming and warm, warm. And so my effort is always to be cohesive. And so, um, you know, but you can only, only do what you can do. But when it comes to like that part of it, that what happened with her contract or what's going on as far as like that stuff, I always say that's way above my pay grade. Um, so, but I do think she's very entertaining. That's all I can say.
0: I do. She's very entertaining. And she actually mentioned it. She said like um, the, the, the producers specifically didn't show a lot of her life because they kind of wanted to paint her mm. as kind of this villain. Like when you said that you don't really know her, I don't know if that's a stretch. I mean, well,
1: I can only say this though. I mean, if that's the case, if you think about it, it's so interesting when people like see me on married to medicine, LA. Right. And they're just like, you're so different. Right. And I'm like, mm, no, I'm not so different. I mean, they film so much and they, I would say they show essentially five to 10% of what we do. I mean, mm-hmm. I mean, whole, wow. like, I, I had a whole frozen yogurt franchise. They never showed, you know, I have so it's so many different yeah, so many different things that about people that you don't know and they don't they can't include everything. This is not our television show. I mean, this is a vignette show. So they only show a small percentage of kind of what you do and who you are. But I mean, I will say that for the most part, that's they can't show something that didn't happen. So. Right. <laughs> right. Right. I mean, you can't, you can't show me talking to somebody if I didn't show somebody. You can't show me saying something if I didn't say it, right? So I don't so that part there always feels know. a little bit like a stretch. Like when people are like, they showed something that you did. They showed me saying something <laughs> that you said.
0: Uh you
1: said. <laughs> I can't believe they showed you when you did that. Like what are we talking about right now? Like <laughs> So, you know, and so that's the only part that I'll I'll always a little bit like, "Mm, okay, spin it, girl, spin Mm. it, spin it. I, love it. It. I don't have a team. I don't have people. I don't have people who like, tell, you know, can feed me reads. And I don't have like, I you know, I don't do any of that. Like, I'm just who I am. And, I, I, you know, I'm a nerd. I, t- I shop at TJ Maxx, Marshall Ross. I got money in the bank. But I don't spend a lot of money on a whole lot of other stuff. Because, right? Smart, you know, I believe smart. in not looking rich, but actually being rich. But anyway, so that I digress. But I'm mm-hmm. saying. I, so. My
0: No, you, you don't. That's deep. That's deep. It's luxury at yeah, a distance. You know, you got to look.
1: But yeah. Don't touch. I mean, my yeah. zip code is everything, you know? So, um, but I'll tell you, yes. I'll tell you the only thing I can authentically say is that for all of, you know, for this choice that people make to go on television, um, the trade-off is, and even talking, like talking to you right now, these are the opportunity, you know, anything that you say or do, if you say it, it can be, you know, cut up and spun in a direction that you maybe didn't want it to go in. But the challenging thing yes. is to really kind of, you know, if, and I, I know I probably at some point I'm going to have to like get a team to help me do that. But I just kind of right now I've been following my heart because at heart I'm a nerd. I mean, I mostly this is before I talked to you, I was at work all day, like actually seeing patients. Wow. Actually, and this is Sunday. This is what wow. I did today. I was seeing patients today and I love it. I have no problem wow. with that. And so 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 when I leave there and someone's interested in like, something about me that's other than being a doctor. I and I love that. Mm-hmm. That's so light and airy and fun. Like really, <laughs> I'm a nerd. Like, <laughs> you know? Oh my so, God. I love it. I so, love I, it. That's, so I don't even I mean if I'm not perfect, I'm, I'm I'm not perfect. But I'm not going to try to explain away mm-hmm. something I did and like say the network me, you know, show this about me. And no, I I did that. But I'm not perfect. And I own that. Mm-hmm. I, I make mistakes. Mm-hmm. I lose my temper. I say things that and in, in, in the heat of anger, but I also will acknowledge that I will always apologize. Right. And I really legitimately, right. I legitimately mean I'm sorry, but I'm not going to ever be perfect. And, I love and for the people who are listening and the people in life who are striving to be that and are striving to never lose their temper. You know, I remember reading something um, about what, what was that saying about, you know, um, women, some like what do they say, born? Both women who don't talk up seldom make history. I forgot the statement, but something like that. Yes, it's something like that. I I mean, that's. (laughs) I can't remember exactly what the statement is, but I, I love that. Like, I love the fact that you know you can just be who you are and. And own it right. but we all make mistakes we're all like nick right. cannon okay he says something that he maybe shouldn't have said forgive him and move on but no one should be blackballed or ostracized right. and i mean that two with white people anybody who says something that's racist i don't right. want to like i don't want to kick them out of their house and put them on the street how about we just have the conversation right. and educate them and keep it moving but we all make right. mistakes we Absolutely. all make mistakes but,
0: Absolutely. But, yeah. but we like to cancel I, right like this country loves cancel yeah, culture for sure that's exactly right <laughs> Yeah. And it's very extreme. We don't get anything accomplished. Like, you know, Billy Bush overheard what Donald Trump said about grab him by the whatever, and he became president, and Billy lost his career, almost committed suicide. That seems a little extreme. Yeah. Like, you know, that we would cancel someone so extremely. And, I and, mean, And the president, I mean, the one who actually did it, didn't a, get canceled. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. See, that's the irony of it. And, you know, there's a lot of like, kind of, um, this duality of like, canceling people, but then uplifting other people because of a, B, C, D reasons. I kind of don't understand that. But I, I love your point about that, about you're being authentic. You don't have a team. You don't have people spinning it. And you're and that's what I love about you. You're just, people can reach you. And I think that has something to do with you being a doctor. Are there um, people, like, do you ever get patients that are just kind of like enamored by the show and you're like, we need to get back to your health? You know
1: what like, I, well, they try. Um, so sometimes I do. And what I always do, though, is I always bring it back. But I think I forgot, I think the statement is um, something like, well-behaved women. I think that's what it was. Well-behaved women seldom make history. I just couldn't let it go. I was, like, sitting here perseverating. No, 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 no. Yeah, I think it's yeah, well-behaved a, or quiet women. Something like that. Like that yeah, right? I can't remember. But I was sitting here perseverating. Yeah, I was like, yeah. I cannot move forward until I remember what she said. Um, <laughs> um, but Yeah, but I do. And what happens is I actually will, you know, like, it even happened today. Like, it'll, it'll be, especially now since we're man- wearing masks. You know, I'll be talking to someone like a nurse or even mostly it's actually the nurse, like a nurse or a staff person. Um, And they'll be like, I know you from somewhere. And then they're like, oh, and I was like, and I just say, yep. And then I'll keep talking about whatever we're talking about. So I give <laughs> it, I don't spend any time on it. And not only because I don't want it to be a distraction because I will say the truth is medicine will be around forever. Right. I trained for my whole entire life to become a doctor. And at any point married to medicine can get sick of me. Um, and so I still have to be a doctor and I don't ever want anyone to like not think of me as the professional doc, you know, the professional that I am. So there's kind of a time and place for everything. And, you know, and and when we're seeing patients and we're just, I'm trying to manage a person, um, you know, place an order or something. I, I don't, I just don't want to get distracted by, um, you know, that stuff. I mean, you know, so I just, I'll just kind of acknowledge it. Yep. You know, but I won't talk about it. I don't do, I don't talk about it at work.
0: That's smart. That's really good to separate those two. Um, you know, you had mentioned, obviously, like, the way that people come off. Like, if you've said it, they're going to show it. If you've done it, they're going to show it. Was there something – obviously, you mentioned the, the yogurt franchise. They really were open about your marriage and, you know, your your dad and his struggles and, and, you know, getting clean for your kids. There was a lot they showed. Was there something that they didn't show that you were like, damn it, I would have really liked to have that in there? What? Well, I- like, I – I, I really concerned.
1: liked, I mean, I would have loved them to show me more as a business person um, than, you know, they mm-hmm. do, which is fine. I mean, I'm okay with that. I, you know, it would be nice to show me more well-rounded. Um, but um, but that, so that was probably the biggest thing. And then, you know, I, it was so interesting because the other challenge with these shows and what people don't understand, like people are like, oh my god, she did that for a storyline. I don't even know what that means. Because like I say, Over and again, they film you all like you film so much and you almost don't know what's going to be your storyline until the show airs because they don't because they piece it together. Like I may think what's interesting is that I am, you know, my kid, you know, for instance, my daughter is, you know, now. She's going to middle school and so she's kind of coming, you know, she's coming as her own and we're spending more time together. And like that evolution of our relationship and my, you know, the youngest one's not like a baby oh. anymore. And so now they're kind of like, so that kind of feels like to me, what's like now the kids are at home all the time. And so and we're kind of in isolation because, you know, of COVID. And so that may be what I feel right. is going on. And that may be what I think is interesting. But then when they when they show the five or 10 percent, all they show is is me and my dad you know what i'm saying my dad came to right. visit he right, actually right. came to visit because he comes to visit for my kid's birthday and so that kind of became a story but it wasn't really even about my dad like it was just kind of like okay who was this new person who just popped into here like oh that's my dad okay so where did he come from does he live here no he doesn't live here he lives in kansas city and almost you know so that so it's not that it's intentionally that that's my, my dad's story that's just what they found of the you know 100 hours of footage those are the three hours that they found that were the most interesting. And that's why I'm trying to say that this whole, like, they cut this up and they made this look bad or they made they only did this. No, they, they just, they chose it. They, the, the editors choose the story. The editors and whatever production team right. that gets does posts, they're the ones who choose the story. But none of us are ever sure what it's going right. to actually be until the end. So you just kind of let them film. Wow. They'll say, we're coming, you know, to do this, this, and this, and this. And they're here for this period of time. And whatever kind of happens, like the first season. Um, and it kind of and I still get a little emotional because, you know, they, they kind of made my my nanny, who was a family friend that I had. You know, she had been in our lives for goodness before we moved to our current home in 2015. So she had and we lived in our house before right. that. And she was our, my you know, actually my old next door neighbor's mother. Um, and so that's how we oh, became. Wow. So we became family because of that. And actually, they're still like family to us. Our kids grew up together and everything, right. you know. And that's how. And so right. she kind of jumped in there because she saw we needed help. And that's. And so it became that she was interesting. And so they they filmed her, but she was only filmed. Only you know, however much she was filmed, but that's what they thought was interesting was our dynamic. And I never until I saw it playing on television. You know, I never, and I guess if you watch, like, Blackish, for instance, I never considered her anything but more like family. So, if she said something to me or did something to me that other people may perceive as, like, offensive or rude, she was like family. She's like that auntie. You know what I'm saying? She just, that's just her. That's just the stuff. She She doesn't mean any harm by it. Or if she, cause, yeah, so, like, right. that kind of, you know, we all have family like that. And so.
0: Absolutely. You give them yeah, a pass, Yeah, so that's you just because it's not her
1: heart. <laughs> I know her heart. Correct. I You know, I knew and that's right. kind of in that kind right. of stuff. Um, but then when the cameras come on and sometimes it gets a little bit more heightened. And um, and I, I'm always really kind of conscious and conscientious about the other people who are filming with us because they didn't sign up for this. They're having a good time, but they didn't right. sign up for this. And so I'm always like, you know what? You don't have to do this. And sometimes I'll try to block them from doing it because I'm kind of like I see again, if they got the footage, they are gonna show it. Right? Even if it's something that you're embarrassed about, right, right. I'm okay with it because they pay. I, it's in my contract that I got to be fine with whatever they show. But if you're just at my house chilling and we're talking right. candidly and you get drunk, I don't want you to, I don't want your family. You didn't sign up for the show. So I don't want them to kind of, I don't right. want them to do that. But that right. also, then, but right. then, because then on the flip side of that, then you get blamed for what they showed on the show, <laughs> even though it happened. But that's the, yeah. so, so I've right. learned the hard right. way. Because it really did; it really damaged our relationship. Um, but I, I tried to, you know, I, it was nothing I could do to to prevent that. So
0: to prevent that. But at least you're you're aware of it and doing your best to kind of try to kind of combat it. Um, I know you you really opened up about kind of the mommy guilt, and like a lot of my friends who are parents get a lot of, especially the moms get a lot of shame for. Not doing oh, enough, yeah. or, or you know, you were taking classes. Talk to me a little bit about opening about that because you were. It was really, really impactful, and I know a lot of people on Twitter were really in support of you. And
1: well, I would tell you so. what happened too. Um, and I, I would say an evolution happened, and it was ugly and to me sloppy because it was not planned right in front of America's eyes. Mm-hmm. I all I had the same job for over a decade. I literally worked in the same office, um, knew the same people. I, I love I loved my old job. I loved it, loved it, loved it. And then I kind of outgrew it because I realized when I did lose my my nanny that I did not have a support system in place for all those hours. those you know, typical hours that I was working. I didn't have any help. And so it wasn't quite a mommy type of job. I really enjoyed it, but I didn't have the power because I'll tell you the other part of being a doctor is we don't really control our schedules a lot unless you're self-employed in medicine. You, you know, you take call on weekends, you take, you see patients on weekends, you got to, you know, maybe your kid's birthday, you still got to go to work and maybe your mama's, you know, your, your mama's second wedding or your parents' anniversary. You may have to miss it because it's your turn. It's your turn to see the patients and the patients have to be seen. And so I it, when I did lose, you know, abruptly my help it was kind of like I didn't have any support in place to take over, taking care of my kids. And my kids were so little. And I'm not one of those people who can like feel real comfortable about just looking on the Internet and just having some stranger coming to my house because, you know, let's just be real. People do things to kids, you know, and as much time as as I'm not home, as much time as I have to be at work. The last thing I'm going to do is leave my kids in the care of someone who could, you know, essentially do something that can impact them for the rest of their lives. and and so
0: absolutely and also they want to come on a show and and get some you know come up a glow up people do that
1: but i was more concerned about that that. i've never actually you know but as a doctor i've not actually been molested but now what i do is actually addiction medicine and a lot of what happens with people is trauma trauma is is trauma induced you know depression Mm -hmm. anxiety you know addictions all those things are induced by trauma and when people talk about including oprah you know some of the most powerful people in the world when i was younger Someone, a family friend was keeping me and they did something to me. I, and it may sound really weird, but if you're not, you're not paying attention, then that's what is happening. You know what I'm saying? And people don't talk to me.
0: Absolutely. My parents wouldn't let me sleep over at anyone's house. And they used to say, we're worried about like an older brother that's- or, or a cousin. And I never really got it. I was like, Oh, my parents are so immigrant. But like, when I realized when I look back, I'm like, if I had kids, I would be also cognizant. Because if
1: stuff. you're not paying attention to who is right. And so I, um, exactly. so you got to be careful. And and so that's exactly kind of what happened with mm-hmm. me. I, um, I didn't, I didn't was like, I, I'm not going to just, just Google somebody and have them in my house with my kids for the next, you know, Basically for the next several months um, and hours on hours on end. So that's what happened. And so then I said, I have to I have to decompress. I have to figure this thing out. And I really at that point started thinking about, ah, when I'm not going to be with my kids, I really want to make sure that I'm living my passion. And I kind of outgrown what I was doing in medicine and I just had to kind of sit around and like think about what I enjoyed and what patients in particular I was having the most, getting the most from. And so that is why I went into public health and addiction medicine, because those are the patients who kind of stuck with me. And that's the kind of work that I essentially felt like I needed to do, I was called to do. And that's why I did decide to go back and change careers. And when I say every day I go to work, I love it. And when I'm away from my kids... I feel no guilt because I know my kids are one in good hands and two, I know for a fact that what I'm doing, nobody does it like me.
0: That's awesome. That's awesome. That's really stepping into who you are and stepping into your, you know, when they say be your most authentic self, I feel like that's what it sounds like. And
1: it took some time to get there, though. It was And that's it was scary amazing. because I knew it was some training that was, that was a path. Like, I had to get there. It wasn't just like I could just go and apply for a job about something, a field of medicine that I knew absolutely nothing about. Like, you have to go back and retrain. I had to go back and do a whole other residency. And I had to go and get another degree. And I had to do all this other stuff mm-hmm. that, of course, on TV, because of where I work. I couldn't be completely candid about that either. But it was important to me. And right. that's um, – so I took the backlash. And, right. you know, I, I'll tell you, I think, you know, you – Kids keep growing even when you don't. And so a lot of times parents, you know, Hmm. will use their children as an excuse for why they didn't do something. And they really didn't have to um, because the kids are going to grow up and do what they're going to do anyway. And so you just got to figure out, like, what your calling is. And I think my calling is more than being a mom. It's being a mom, but that is not my only calling. And it took me some time to kind of really embrace that and understand that. Um, But my mom worked nights. And my dad was over the road truck driver, and a lot of times, and my, you know, we were home by ourselves a lot of times for several years. And guess what? My brother's an attorney, and I'm a doctor. So, despite what you believe, uh, wow. you don't have to always be there. <laughs> Your kids are going to be all right. So, um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, exactly. so I mean, that's what I'm saying. Exactly. I didn't even have that experience of mommy being, you know, there 24 hours a day, and you know, my dad being. No, I mean. And my brother's an attorney, and I'm a doctor. So I think whatever they did when they were there was it. it, um, They 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 invested in us, and they taught us, and they yeah. I love they did the parenting. I love that.
0: I love that. I I, I'm so I'm so happy to hear that. Like you know, it. I think it's. I love the way you speak because it's like you've let go of some of that resentment like some of those negative thoughts about you. I think once you become a parent yourself, you let go of what your parents did. You like are like, okay, they did the best they could Absolutely. with what they had, which is amazing. Or I love or that. what you do. Um, I could talk well, I was to you gonna say The <laughs> other thing
1: I do is <laughs> I did for a long time and it took yeah. like sometimes some conversations with my sister and, you know, and my brother and for some of the things that I remembered, I incorrectly remembered. Like I was just like, my mom, mom never did that. And she was like, uh, yes, she did. You know, and oh, she had help. You Remember grandma used to do this. And so you would think like some of the things that, you know, you think kind of your parents are super parents and they didn't have help and they, you know, they did this and this and, and you'll kind of go back and they'll, you'll ask family members and stuff. They're like, Girl, what are you talking about? No, your mom did this and you were able to do this and she let you do that. And, you know, so, and she had help, you know, this was the help she had. So you, you just, sometimes your memories are enhanced too. And so when you go back and you kind of let yourself off the hook a little bit, you may find that. You may be doing A okay, mama, over there. So don't let the mommy guilt go. Do the best you can. But also don't forget that you're not dead yet. You know? Don't let go of everything because you have kids.
0: Mm, amen. That's really good advice. And I, I think that a lot of people are really kind of looking to the show and, and we're really inspired by that. So I'm really happy that you shared that. How are you guys um, filming during I know with all of the COVID-19, like, you know, sanctions and all the stuff that's in place for filming? How is it? Because I know you guys started filming. Oh my gosh.
1: So they still try to work things out. And that's all I can kind of okay. say. It's still kind of being worked out. It's so okay. Um, it's it's kind of a new normal, and whatever that's looking like is is just a lot of starting and stopping. So yeah, they're working it out. Yeah. Okay, that works and I,
0: for me. I, that works for me. I mean, as long yeah, as we get well, a new season. I mean, that's really. T-
1: I, I'm I'll, I'm just kind of concerned about like even that. Like I'm hoping. I'm just again like it's just such a new normal, and trying to figure it all out is is challenging for everybody. But they, you know, I'm. Smarter people than me are making those decisions. So I'm assuming we're going to be all right.
0: I hope so. I really hope so. And just to wrap up, I could talk to you forever. Um, you're, you've become such a good friend. And I can't wait me to see. meet you in LA um, yes. when you do come. Uh, but I just wanted to ask you, um, out of uh, Married to Medicine cast, who would you go on a deserted oh. island with? It can be oh. LA Girls as well. well. It's L- LA Girls
1: or. is going to definitely be um, It's gonna definitely be Britain, Dr. Britain. Um, but if it's in Atlanta, then it's going nice.
0: to for sure. Oh, I love Dr. Heavenly. What's one of the heavenly isms that is um, that'd be about right. That'd be about
1: right. That'd that be about right. Yeah. I love it. When she yeah. Yeah, yeah. That's a good one. That's a good <laughs> one. Funny. And she's brilliant. I love so that. I love she's that. She's absolutely uh, brilliant. And her heart is golden. So, yeah.
0: That's all we need, right? Brilliant, golden hearted peoples. I think that could save America. True. I have loved talking to you. Um, we've gone everywhere <laughs> and around and around, and we've had such a good time. Um, what's next for Contessa? Is there anything you want to um, plug? Any you know yeah. upcoming projects
1: or? Well, things we're opening. My husband in? and I are actually. Um, it's probably more me, but we're opening our own clinic. Um, he is. Um, he, you know, he's so funny because he is really us, but it was my idea. Cause he's, you know, I, I'm, I'm kind of brave when it comes to like starting new things and I, we're so young, you know, even if you fail, you just pick back up and you start all over again, you know, but we were supposed to be open. I mean, exactly. cause it's frustrating. We were supposed to be open months ago, but because of COVID, everything got held up and even construction is still happening. So, um, so yeah, we're opening our own integrative and functional medicine clinic. And so we're going to have, in addition to Amazing. like addiction medicine, we're going to do, for instance, let's talk about a diabetic person or hypertensive person. We'll talk to them about nutrition and, you know, looking at kind of, again, why is it that if there's an issue with how, while you're while you're overeating? Let's talk about that. Let's deal with the trauma. Um, let's talk, if you're suffering from anxiety and depression, instead of just giving you medication, let's figure out how to figure out what the source is for this, you know. Is it because you hate your job? Is it because you hate your your spouse? Is it because you hate your kids? You know, Um, so whatever, whatever that is, you know, whatever, or you you are hating, you know, kind of this new role that you've taken on as a stay-at-home mom and you really miss your job or you miss that, you know, camaraderie of going to work because that's your purpose as well. And, you know, so those kind of things, helping people to kind of live their best life and keeping families together because ultimately that's how we all win.
0: I think I love the, that you do businesses together and I, I think that it, it's gonna be amazing. I can't wait. Um, hopefully with COVID, hopefully we can kick its ass and we can all move on with our lives. And um, I hope that that opens very soon. Um, I can't wait um, for you know season eight. Uh, it's gonna be amazing. And I just love talking to you and I'm so happy that we've become uh, good friends. And I wish you all the best. And you know, thanks again, everyone, for being here with Dr. Contessa. Um, such a fabulous, strong woman that I look up to who's on Married to Medicine. On Bravo, and I'm Amir Yasai for The Take On for the Broadway Podcast Network. Hi. Bye, everyone. Thanks for listening to this episode of The Take On. The Take On is produced by Dory Berenstein and Alan Seals, edited by Kyle Moore, and is a proud member of the Broadway Podcast Network. You can find out more about me and the take on at bpn.fm backslash the take on. And of course, on my Instagram at Amir Yoss official. Yes, honey, we're official. Make sure to subscribe and rate the take on wherever you stream your podcast and keep tuning in for more amazing guests.